0: Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka, and this is our co-host. Hi, I'm Aaron. The case I have for us today is dark in a couple of ways. I found it while searching for great cases involving mummies.
1: Mummies. All right. I love mummies.
0: If you follow us on social media, you may have seen a post I made about one of the other notable mummy cases that I found. The one we're doing today is a bit different because it doesn't feature an actual mummy. But it does have something much darker.
1: Is it murder? I bet it's murder.
0: It probably is murder, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the only dark thing you can think of?
1: Not the only dark thing, but, I mean, we do a lot of murder on here, let's be real, I mean...
0: True. Now, you see, we are actually going to be breaking one of my cardinal rules for the podcast today. And we're covering a case caused by mental illness
1: oh okay that's cool that's cool
0: in this story we'll see how one woman's decline into depression and psychosis cost her everything and why the sensational murder she committed made headlines we're telling the story of Christina Nicasio a talented soccer player former honor roll student and successful real estate agent she tried to be the perfect daughter but some things just can't last forever We're going to meet an all-American family that lost it all in the worst way possible. It's a story about a power couple who built a picturesque life in the suburbs, a doctor whose patients adored him, and a real estate agent who managed to do everything for her three treasured children. In a tragedy worthy of the stage, mental illness wove its way into their family and toppled their house of cards. Shall we begin?
1: Let's do it. I'm really excited.
0: All right, today we are in Plum, Pennsylvania, a suburb northeast of Pittsburgh, in May 2017. Plum originally became a township in 1788, but it was upgraded to a borough in 1956. And because of this, it's often referred to as Plum Borough. It's home to several creeks and a massive country club, and it's a largely residential area where mostly middle-class families live a comfortable lifestyle. For the first week of May 2007, 27-year-old Christina Nicasio had been staying with her parents in a neighborhood called Capri Court. They lived in a massive gray brick home surrounded by trees and a wide manicured lawn. I found photos of this home online and it definitely gives off a McMansion vibe. There's a chandelier when you walk in the door, as well as a sprawling open floor plan and updated kitchen, as well as five bedrooms. The second floor actually overlooks the first floor, so some of the rooms have high ceilings. The backyard has a massive patio with a built-in fire pit, dining area, and cozy sitting area. It looks like it has a pool like many other homes in the area. It's dramatically fancy. So I was shocked to see that it sold in 2020 for just $537,500.
1: Yeah, for real. That sounds like a really fancy place. I mean, normally a spot like that's going to cost you a few million, you know? Mm-hmm,
0: at least over here. So I don't know if the price drop is because of the area. It does look a little less expensive or if it's because of the crime that occurred. <laughs> so Aaron, do you think that the crime is going to affect the price of the home?
1: I think it usually does, right? Like, don't you have to, like, disclose if somebody got murdered in your house when you're selling it?
0: I think in most places, but maybe not everywhere, I you might have to ask.
1: Mm, I see. That that makes sense. I could definitely see that, uh, you know, affecting the price of the home. I mean, honestly, I could say this, right? Like, if I really liked a place, I think I would move in there regardless of its murder history. But I mean mm. all things uh, I mean all things aside like if I had two houses I liked the same I would definitely take the one that wasn't a murder house.
0: Yeah, I mean I could see that. I feel as though I probably wouldn't live in a murder house. It depends on what kind of murder it was. I personally feel like there's a lot to consider when there's a, a murder in the house because it depends on is there going to be ghost Okay, there could be ghosts. That's part of it.
1: No, I was being serious. But
0: also, because obviously ghosts could be an issue. I mean, that's why most people don't want to live in murder houses. Sure. But also, people like us are really in a true crime. And some people who are in a true crime are not living their best, healthiest lives.
1: (laughs) What? I don't know what you're talking about. They're attracted
0: to the house because of the crime part.
1: I I don't know what you're talking about. I live my best life every day.
0: I'm just, I'm just <laughs>
1: saying.
0: it's like the, what is it, American Horror Story, you know, whenever right. they have the the, the murder house yeah. and the the people, the crazy people break in and try to murder them yeah. as like the people were murdered in the house. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's like
0: what it makes me think of, you know, like you, you don't know who might be following the case and decide to like recreate it for like copycat purposes.
1: Mm, that's a good point. I'm
0: not going down like that.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Yeah, it definitely depends on what kind of murder it was, though. Like, if it were a really quiet murder where it doesn't seem like a lot of people would be as dramatic about it, maybe not even a ghost.
1: Yeah, like a boring murder or something?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I would say boring, but maybe. But, like, if it's something crazy, like, again, back on Axe Murders, no. <laughs> not living in an Axe Murder house. I don't not want living Axe Murder, murder nightmares, no. Yeah. I, not I, happening. Yeah,
1: I could definitely see that.
0: This massive property belonged to Anthony and Sandra Nicasio, whose three adult children had already left the nest. 69-year-old Anthony Nicasio worked as an internist at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and as a primary care physician. Sandra Nicasio was a real estate agent. In fact, Christina had worked as a real estate agent alongside her mother as a mother-daughter team. More recently, however, Christina had used her background in soccer to secure a head coaching job. As a star player in high school and college, Christina's name was still well-known in the sporting community. Now, I should point out that she is 27 at this point, but when the events of this case occurred, most of the articles about her referred to her as soccer star or, like, former Pit Panther player. So... Clearly, the soccer thing was very important to her persona in the community.
1: Yeah, it seems like she had a lot going for her, you know?
0: Definitely. Now, family members described Christina as being close to her parents, particularly her father. She had discipline that helped her succeed in sports and school. At 27, she'd been on the verge of making her dreams come true. However, it just wasn't meant to be. Unfortunately, Christina was going through a rough patch that spring. A week earlier, her fiancé had called off their wedding, and she was taking it very hard. Not only that, but people close to her noticed a change in her behavior. It seemed like old mental health challenges, including depression, were back to haunt her. Thankfully, her parents were trying to help her get back on her feet. It isn't clear from reports if the fiancé broke up with her because she was in sort of a mental health decline, or if the mental health decline really started happening after her, um, engagement broke up.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, a a big event like that can definitely trigger you whenever Mm -hmm. you have mental illness, you know? So it's, I mean, it's, it's obviously there's no way for us to know, you know, in retrospect, but it's, I mean, Mm -hmm. either way it's sad. I mean, depression's a bitch, you know?
0: Yeah. And I do have to say like, she had apparently started saying things that were weird, which we will talk about in a moment. So it is possible based on reports that, She may have been having these moments before her fiancé called things off. Mm. So that might have been part of it. It's just we can't say definitively.
1: Right. Makes sense.
0: But helping Christina turned out to be harder than it sounded. She was caught in a spiral, and her inner voice only saw one way out. She wanted to harm herself. Not only that, but Christina started saying things that just didn't make sense. Her parents knew something was wrong their daughter needed help from a professional. Now, Anthony and Sandra were no strangers to the healthcare system. After all, Anthony worked at a nearby hospital and treated patients of his own. They were sure a doctor could help their daughter overcome her illness. So they decided to take Christina to a hospital in nearby Monroeville. There, she could get treatment. On May 6, 2017, Things came to a head when Christina's parents enacted a plan to get their daughter help. For hours, they begged their daughter to go with them to the hospital. Unfortunately, Christina wanted no part in this plan. According to news reports, her parents' decision to take her to the hospital made her feel like, quote, her world was ending, unquote. She felt like she needed to fight for her life.
1: Wow. I mean, that's really sad, but I I can kind of understand where she's Mm -hmm. coming from. I mean... It's it's hard to make somebody get help that, don't, that doesn't
0: want it, you know? 100%. And I feel like it's so easy to look at it from the outside when you see someone who needs the help to say, oh, you need to get help. But the actual getting of help is incredibly terrifying because there's so much judgment surrounding mental illness that when you have one, it's hard to tell who is trying to help you and who is trying to harm you or make like take advantage of the fact that you have this mental illness. I mean, I know I've talked about my mental health struggles a bit on the podcast and it is really hard because some people in your life, even people who you think care about you will kind of use the mental illness against you. And they'll use the fact that you had these struggles to like win arguments or make themselves look better. And it's hard to know who in your life is helping you and who is, actually kind of harming you.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a vulnerable position mm-hmm. to put yourself in and that's that's hard for anybody for sure. I mean, it's
0: Yeah, and then not only that you just have the symptoms themselves. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of paranoia whether you're depressed or psychotic or what. There's a lot of paranoia involved. I know at one point when I was um getting originally put on medication, I was so like afraid to admit that I was even having any reaction to the medication like i thought everyone was trying to trick me constantly they were giving me the wrong kind of pills i did not trust my doctor (laughs) i did not trust my parents i didn't trust anyone i was really just my main feeling was fear and just not being willing to just accept that someone was trying to do the right thing by me
1: yeah it's it's hard man especially like when people are adjusting your meds like that's that's rough especially at least for me it was really tough whenever I first started getting into it I mean it didn't help that I had like a pretty bad reaction to the first you know medications that I Mm -hmm. got put on but I mean at the same time like there's it's it's like you say there's a a lot of fear involved because it's there's so much uncertainty and you just don't know you don't know what to expect whenever you're first going into it you know and I don't know that there's anything anybody could have really said that would have prepared me you know I mean it's not like it was like the end of the world but Mm -hmm. I mean it's it's a, it's a. It can big deal. feel like it though. Yeah. It really
0: can. Yeah. And I think in her case too, since they are asking her to go to this hospital, I I think that's one of the scariest things. I mean, our whole our society has an entire genre of horror movie based on mental hospitals and mental facilities. And even though they're incredibly important, and people need to get the help, if you are facing being forced into this treatment, I can see how it would feel like you were fighting for your life. Mm-hmm. And that you were, I mean, once you're in the hospital, will you be able to get out? Like, how trapped will you be? I think that's a normal reaction to have, especially when you're in a place where you're thinking so abnormally.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a great point.
0: When Christina refused to go with them to the hospital, her parents decided the only thing they could do was force her to go to the facility. After all, she needed treatment, and at this point, she was a suicide risk. Getting her to the doctor was the right thing to do, so her parents decided they had to. At around 3 a.m., Anthony and Sandra tried to restrain Christina, planning to force her into their vehicle for the drive to the hospital, but Christina fought back. She thought she was fighting for her life. During the struggle, she pulled out a kitchen knife, threatening to stab her parents if they didn't let her go. As her mother ran to call 911 for help, Anthony struggled with Christina to get the knife away from his daughter. Unfortunately, he couldn't get a grip on it. Christina overpowered her father and stabbed him twice in the chest. Oh, no. The second strike lodged the knife in his chest so she couldn't continue the attack. A 911 dispatcher sent help right away, responding to Sandra's call. As police and paramedics rushed to the scene, the 911 operator warned them Christina may still be armed and dangerous. She was still trying to stab her mother and father, they said. Because of this warning, the first officer on the scene initially waited for backup to arrive so he could clear the scene safely. When she saw the first officer waiting, however, Sandra Nicasio ran out to get help from her dying husband. She told the officer Christina had stabbed her father, but she no longer had the knife. Instead, the knife was stuck in Anthony's chest. Wow. Police rushed into the couple's mansion and confronted Christina. Moments later, they took her into custody. Meanwhile, her father lay bleeding on the floor. Tragically, Anthony Ocasio died from his wounds in his home at about 3.30 a.m. on May 6, 2007.
1: Man, that's terrible. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really that's really sad.
0: Yeah, just completely tragic. I mean... It's unclear why she had the knife. We'll talk about the knife in just a moment. Um, Because there are conflicting possibilities, or conflicting reasons, I should say, why she may have had the knife. Um, But either way, just with how close she was to her father, and how everyone reported that they were such a close-knit family, and that, you know, the parents just loved her, and she loved them. Like, it wasn't, they hadn't had an ongoing conflict or anything it just really was about the fact that she was in this break, this psychotic break that she was having. And she was just fighting for herself and not realizing what she was doing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like just a bad moment, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. In police custody, Christina discussed her father's murder and gave an unlikely explanation for her crimes. She told police the people in the TV were talking to her, telling her she was evil. Really? Yeah. Now, this meant a lot when I read it because my grandmother, who died about a year ago, about a year and a half-ish now, um, when she was going through the last years of her life, she had dementia, and she was constantly hearing things from people on the TV. Um, Some of the stories, honestly, were kind of funny because she would become convinced that, like, she was being told by the television, for instance, that she owed money to someone that sold, that was trying to, like, sell vehicles on the TV. Yeah. She was constantly calling these businesses and essentially harassing them with claims. I believe she may have called the police on someone at one point. It was a lot. And so, yeah. and so um, obviously, it's traumatic when it's happening to you, and it's very scary. But uh, when it doesn't end in, like, murder, it can be a little bit funny just because... Of the outcome of the situation. Um, At least for us it was. When she would recount some of these stories. Of calling up a business. And like trying to cancel her cell Or something that (laughs) didn't exist. That was kind of (laughs) crazy. But it kind of reminded me of that. And I think that. If you haven't experienced anyone in your life. Who had that happen to them. It sounds crazy that you could hear the TV. Telling you to do something. But when you're having some psychotic issues. It's. It's rough out there, and it's completely conceivable that she thought that the TV was telling her that she was evil. Yeah. Then, in addition to telling the place that the TV called her evil, she blamed the movie The Mummy Returns for her decision to kill her father. What?
1: That's a great movie.
0: It is a great movie, Um, this is where the mummy comes in. This is how I found this. Okay. Yeah, so she blames the mummy Returns, and she sort of explains to several news outlets. This is the quote that she gives. In a movie, someone who can't love someone else, they stab their father. Unquote. This part was confusing to me because I have seen the mummy, obviously, in The Mummy Returns. We both love this movie to the point that we went and saw the new one, the Universal Monsters (laughs) one, and we both did not love that movie.
1: Well, I loved it, but not for the same reasons as the other movies. For
0: reals. Um, We (laughs) saw that movie when we were like pretty new in our relationship, I think.
1: Yeah, it was it was relatively early on. Yeah,
0: and we were I remember we were like near the endish. It was the scene where I forget exactly what's happening, but for some reason the mummy is like raging around, like chasing a car or something. Yeah, yeah. And that was the point at which I just reached my limit, and I just said audibly, like really loud in the theater oh my God. (laughs) And then I just looked over um, because I felt embarrassed, obviously, because I was disturbing the movie. And Aaron just had this look of pure happiness on his face. (laughs) And I realized in that moment that both of us Fucking hated that movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we were
0: going to troll it like, so hard as soon as we got out of it.
1: <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Like, honestly, we had, like, the greatest time trashing on that movie. It For was, real. It, it was, was so it was amazing. bad. But the original,
0: like, the both the old one, the old-timey one. Actually, the old-timey one's got some problems um, because it has some insensitivities. Yeah. But the new, the one that's from, like, the 90s, the ni- I think it's 1998, yeah. is great. And yeah. I believe Money Returned is from 2001. Both of these movies are amazing, and I'm no one's quite sure exactly what she meant by the movie made her do it because there is a scene where um Anox and the Moon and what's his face the the Mummy
1: yeah
0: Aminotep? is that his name Emotep okay Emotep yes yeah, why yeah. am I so bad this all of a sudden I watched that movie <laughs> like a million times okay so they kill her dad so they can be together and so some people were speculating like is that what happened but. Am I crazy, or did that happen in the first movie? Maybe it happened in the in the returns too. Isn't that the one? Is it returns where where Rachel Vice like figures out that she is the reincarnation, the reincarnated mm-hmm. version of the of the hot lady?
1: I think so. Like, I, I think that's the <laughs> one that 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 you're talking about. Like, yeah. I, Honestly, I remember the scene. Like, I meant like the to rewatch scene, this but...
0: before we do it. We're gonna have to rewatch it after and like yeah. r- like update everyone yeah for real. but the first one is when they're in egypt yeah. and brendan fraser is like being weird and like also hot somehow and then rachel weiss is there and she's also hot and then they fall in love that's like the whole plot of the movie don't at me i know that
1: that's <laughs> not the only thing that happens
0: okay and the there's mummy's there there's there. also yeah. there's a mummy there okay and then the second movie they have the son that like doesn't listen and he releases the mummy a second time yeah correct Okay, I guess maybe that's the reincarnation movie. Yeah,
1: I think the reincarnation one is the second one. Okay, because if
0: that's true, then it is when they kill the dad.
1: Yeah, yeah, they kill. I remember them killing the dad, but Mm -hmm. like that seems like a different scene or or like a different uh, scenario than than what we've that we've heard so far. I mean,
0: yeah, well, because like I think what her reasoning though was is that since her fiance had dumped her and now she's not with him anymore. Then, like, somehow she has to kill her dad. Okay. Which doesn't completely make sense. And I think at first maybe people were like, oh, she's just using the money returns. But I'm sure that everyone out there has had this moment, whether you have a mental illness or not, where you're watching a TV show or, like, a movie or you're listening to a song and you think that it's some kind of, like, prophetic thing on your life.
1: Absolutely, And I feel
0: like this was an extreme version of that. It's like a mentally ill version of that where, like, she watches this movie, internalizes it, And thinks to herself, like, this is what I need to do because this is the person that I am. I'm this, like, person who can't have the love, who's in the the position where everyone's trying to tell me what to do. And I'm not able to, like, be the person I want to be. So I need to do this, this stabbing.
1: Yeah. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories And I see what I see what you mean. Yeah, that's that's tough.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to say because I feel like unless you're in that moment with her, you really can't know for sure exactly what happened. Yeah, I think that based on what we information we have and my own experiences with mental illness, that she was just watching the movie that day and getting the complete wrong message from it, and thinking to herself, "The universe is telling me this message."
1: Yeah, when
0: in reality, it was just like not the universe; it was just the movie.
1: Yeah, and mental illness lying to you. Yeah,
0: Yeah, mental illness is a lying little bitch. Yes, it is. So that also is part of it. Yep. Interestingly, it's possible that she did plan to murder her father the whole time. This is where things get gray. Okay. Because she did tell police in her interview that she grabbed the knife hours before the murder with the intent of killing her dad. Really? Based on this whole mummy movie theory. Wow, okay. Yes. However, keep in mind that Christina was also considering self-harm. That's why her parents were so worried and wanted to take her to the hospital in the first place. She was trying to end her life.
1: Right, yeah. So,
0: it's possible she took the knife for that reason. And then, during the struggle, ended up stabbing her dad. And then the only way her brain could make sense of it was this whole, like, I was destined to do this based on the rules of the mummy movie.
1: Right, yeah, for sure.
0: After her confession, authorities charged Christina with first-degree murder and possession of a weapon. Um, I have some disagreements about these charges because of the mental illness factor. Um, but at the same time, I do think, as, I mean, obviously that's for a jury to decide. And also, I can see as the authorities, they probably get stories like this a lot. And it might be hard at first to tell the difference between... People who are genuinely dealing with some kind of mental health episode and people who committed a murder and then are lying to you
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that makes total sense. I mean hopefully you know hopefully it gets sorted out that there was mental illness involved and at least gets dropped like murder two or something or, or less you know just because I mean it, it doesn't seem like this was really premeditated.
0: Um, to me, it doesn't either, even though she said that she got the knife earlier. I also think it's important to remember that she was having this incident before any kind of crime happened. So I think that is also something that should be considered. But this is not the end of our story. There's more stuff. Okay. Now, it actually gets a bit worse because almost immediately after arriving at the Allegheny County Jail, Christina injured herself by repeatedly running headfirst into a wall in her cell. Wow. Yes, she was still struggling with this mental health psychotic case that she was having. And she also was now dealing with the fact that she lost her father. Yeah. And I know that sounds crazy because obviously she killed him. But it's not a clear-cut case of a murder. Like, oh, I've just done away with my parent. Like, the mental illness basically killed the father. Yeah. And so she's at this point recognizing that she did this thing. But now, in addition to just having the depression that she already had and having those psychotic sy- symptoms, she's unable to cope with the fact that this has happened to her. Yeah. So, she's, like, literally just, like, running into this wall.
1: Yeah, it's going to make it even worse. Like, way worse.
0: Definitely. Because of her self-inflicted injuries from striking her head, she received four stitches on her head. And additionally, authorities placed her on suicide watch at that point. Finally, which, to be fair, I think she should have been placed in the hospital from the get-go because... The whole reason why this incident happened is because she needed medical care.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's crazy to me that she even went to jail at that time in the first place. I get it. Her case used to go through the court to decide if she needs jail time for the crime itself. But, I mean, if someone's in the middle of, like, a mental health crisis, shouldn't they go to the hospital? Yes. Clearly, after this incident, everyone was aware that something was wrong with Christina. So... The court ordered a psychological evaluation before her trial could proceed. On May 15, 2017, about a week after the crime, a forensic psychologist declared Christina unfit to stand trial. They found her to be suffering from a major depressive disorder and a psychotic episode, which prevented her from talking to her lawyers and planning a defense. The descriptions of her in her initial hearings were pretty bad she really wasn't responding to anything she seemed lethargic not completely aware of what was going on not really able to just talk or even when she would talk it was sort of like whispery and they you could tell she wasn't really engaged in the conversation yeah so kind of like almost like a ghost wow is how she was acting that's crazy now, at that point, since they found her not competent to stand trial, they transferred her to a psychiatric facility called Torrance State Hospital to get treatment. The court required her to complete at least 90 days of treatment before her reevaluation. Although Christina opted to have a bench trial instead of facing a jury, the case couldn't proceed because of her mental health issues. Then, in April 2019, Christina's trial was postponed again, to September 10th, 2019. So this is over two years after the original crime. Right, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, reports indicate that she still hasn't gone to trial and it's unclear if she ended up doing a plea or if she's just undergoing treatment. Essentially, you know, that she's been waiting for this trial possibly for almost three years now.
1: That's a long time to be waiting.
0: Yeah, it's not clear what happened to her. I did try to find out. But it might just be that she's in the hospital. I do wonder if they offered her a plea at some point. Because her family does appear to have stood by her throughout all this. Probably because they know um, that it was a mental health situation. Not like an actual intent to murder her father. Yeah. And maybe because of that, the court system may have changed the way they dealt with her. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I hope she got the help she needed. I mean, that's... It's a really tough situation. It really
0: is. And I feel like there's a lot of people that commit crimes because of mental illness. But I feel like this is such a clear cut case because of like the ticking up to the murder. Yeah. It's like very obvious what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Sadly, Sandra, Christina's mother, died from ovarian cancer on May 3rd, 2020. And her family did list Christina in the obituary.
1: Yeah, that is sad. It is sad, sad. so
0: both are, are gone now. Anthony's family remembered him as a kind man who truly cared about his patients. He enjoyed good food, wine, travel, and spending time with his family. They remember Sandra as a woman who loved traveling, decorating, fashion, and treating her family to the very best holidays and meals. The story initially grabbed my attention because of the link to The Mummy Returns. However, it kept my attention because the Nicasio family is so relatable. They seem to have the perfect life, but in a few short years, they lost three family members so tragically. I think their story is a reminder that life is unpredictable, and we should love the ones closest to us. Not only that, but as a society, we need to offer better mental health services so people are able to get help early. Additionally, we need to address the stigma around mental health so people feel comfortable getting treatment. If you or someone you love is having thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. We hope you take something positive away from this case and let the people you love know you care. We'll see you next time with a fresh story. Aaron, do you have anything you want to add?
1: No, I just like to to reiterate the, you know, like if you're having uh, you know, mental health issues, please, you know, speak up, say something, get help, get treatment. I mean, I mean, there's there's always somebody that cares about you. I mean, mental illness will lie to you. It will tell you all kinds of things. But I promise you there's somebody in your life that cares about you. And, you know, please don't be afraid to talk to them. Call the hotline. You know, find, find a doctor.
0: If you enjoy Bad Axe Podcast, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We are also on social media at Bad Axe Pod, and we provide exclusive content on our Patreon at Bad Axe Pod. Thank you for listening and buh-bye.
1: bye bye. Bye.